This is LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Classroom to Boardroom, our foray into the successful transition from college into your career. And we're getting a terrific insider's perspective on what is and isn't working for students and how they do need to change their own mindset to set up their own great career path. Our guest today is George Cornelius. He's the former president of Bridgewater College in Virginia, obviously someone who has some firsthand experience in seeing the way students come up short in their preparation for work. He was also the CEO of Arkema Inc., where they also hired individuals straight out of college, so he has an excellent perspective there as well. Well, George, first of all, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. We do appreciate it. My pleasure, Tim. We're here, obviously, to talk about the idea of college and preparing students for that jump into the career and really being able to be successful with that transition. The first thing that comes to mind, though, is from your perspective, do you see a lot of colleges and universities failing when it comes to preparing students for that career, or are we expecting colleges to do too much of the grunt work versus the students? Uh, well, it's a big, complex question. <laughs> um, I guess the way I look at it, I'm not generally pleased with the way colleges prepare people. Sure. That's not to say there aren't some colleges doing a great job of it. Of course. But I think there's a lot of room for improvement. But more importantly, I guess my focus is not so much changing the colleges and the organizations because the reality is it's very difficult to change a college. Mm-hmm. Changes approach to education is a very difficult thing the way the system is designed. So my focus is principally on the students and helping them better navigate the system we have, kind of take personal charge of developing their own competencies and positioning themselves better for the labor market and simply not relying so much on the college itself. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's a great point. Obviously, a big part of the reason we're talking today to help those students out there, as you say, you have control over what you do, not so much over what the colleges and universities are going to change if they ever would in that case. Well, let's get right to it then. Of course, it starts with potentially deciding where you're going to go to college. And I understand a lot of our listeners may already be at a college university, not to say you can't transfer, of course. How important is it to make that right choice? How do you even go about deciding where you should end up when you're talking about going to college? Well, it, it's, it's a big decision, although sometimes I think we put too much emphasis on it okay. for reasons maybe we'll talk about a little later. You know, I tend to break things down more simplistically. In my opinion, you should go to the most rigorous college you can get in hmm. and comfortably afford. I think today a lot of students are going to colleges they really can't afford and therefore are piling up mountains of student debt, which are going to create problems down the road. So affordability is a big factor. The rigor is another one. You know, reputation matters, quite frankly, because hmm. your college choice will signal to the job market how strong you are as a student. Whether we like it or not, that is a signal that goes on regularly. As an employer, there are certain colleges I simply would not recruit at or look at transcripts or applications, and there are others that would get my attention. So, I mean, one important thing is how hard is it is to get in. Go to the toughest school you can get in and comfortably afford. Hmm. Now, you know, a lot of people don't have that option because right. a lot of people are tied to an area. You know, a lot of people have to go to a community college and you can get a great education there. But again, even if you go to the community college, the question becomes, where do you transfer to? Right? And I do think some of the pitfalls people have are, number one, choosing a college they can't afford. And number two, choosing a college based on location, you know, right. something near to home where perhaps a stronger, better choice would be a little farther from home. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there are a lot of factors in choosing a college, but that's kind of the, the two principal ones I would focus on. Of course, I think most people recognize the big name universities and colleges that have those great reputations. What do you do if you, okay, you're not going to go that route necessarily. 
can you find places to research? Okay, if I'm going in this field, these are the five colleges I should look into. I mean, is that how detailed you should get into if you have that possibility? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're choosing a major in a program and not just a college. Right. You know, if you're going into computer science, that's a different list of colleges, obviously, than if you're going to be a history major. You're exactly right. And you shouldn't focus so much on just the institution. You should focus on the program as well. And things I would really hone in on, quite frankly, are outcomes. Hmm. You can judge a college and a program, an academic program within a college, by its alumni. Look where they're going. You right. know, look who's hiring them, how many are being hired, and don't accept kind of the general claims that colleges throw out there. <laughs> you don't ever accept, for instance, that 90% of our students have, or graduates have jobs. Well, that tells you nothing. Right. Two-thirds of them may be working at low-paying minimum wage jobs. You really have to delve into look at the program you're interested in and where are their recent graduates land. If you're interested in grad school or a professional school, what schools are they getting into? Mm-hmm. Are they getting into reputable schools or are they getting into marginal schools? Who's hiring them? Where? What's the geographic reach of the school? Are they only placing students within maybe a hundred you know, mile area or are they placing students with the top employers across the country? There are a lot of those concrete factors you can be looking at simply be, you know, well beyond the general reputation. I think rankings and reputations are great as an initial screen, Sure, but that's all it is, is an initial screen to be sure you're not overlooking a school you should be considering. But don't stop there. Dig deeply. I mean, William and Mary may be a great school for something. It may be a lousy school for something else. Mm-hmm. It has a good reputation, but maybe isn't the place to go for your particular discipline. Uh, again, I think that's great uh, perspective as far as really getting into that nitty gritty and figuring out what's going to be best for you for that particular college or major, even as you said, to look into. Let's jump into the idea of when you are at college now and some of the, again, maybe you aren't being prepared in the exact way that you need to be to jump into that career, but you can control, of course, certain things. Before the show, you had sent me some points to discuss and the idea that deferring simply to the college isn't going to work. Can you break that down a little more, go into more detail? Is it simply a matter of colleges don't know what to do? Is it a matter of you have to go that extra step nowadays versus 20 years ago? Why is there kind of this disconnect? Well, you have to look at what goes into the program, right? Uh, If you're looking at every major has a curriculum. Within the curriculum, there are required courses. There are basic courses, the gen eds, they call them, or core curriculum. And then there's room for elective most curricula. But think about how those curricula are formed. They're formed by the faculty. (laughs) <laughs> so, right. in essence, they are heavily influenced by who the faculty is today. Hmm. They're not going to create a curricula or a curriculum for a particular program that they can't teach or they don't have the competencies or that would render their positions obsolete. So, it's not necessarily the best curriculum to prepare you for the demands of what I'll call the real world, the world waiting for you off campus. No, it might be. You know, there may be some schools that do an excellent job. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of one school. My mom son uh, attended Rose Holman in Indiana, and they go to great pains to survey their alumni to see, you know, what should we be teaching? Well, how should we change our curricula to better meet, you know, the needs of the workplace and of our alumni once they leave here? But very few schools do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most yeah. don't, the vast majority. <laughs> so think of it this way. The school delivers you a curriculum and says, This is what you need to take to be prepared. I think every student should develop their own educational plan Hmm. and say, look, you know, we are constrained by the curriculum the faculty outlines for us. There may be excellent aspects to that. There may be poor aspects. 
but I have room to navigate through that. I have electives I can choose. Uh, and more importantly, I can choose my professors if I'm going to a large enough school where I have options. So two big things is sitting down and saying, you know, what do I need to acquire by the time I get out of here in the way of knowledge and skills? Mm-hmm. The curriculum captures part of that, but not all of that. Now, that's a lot to ask for an 18 or 19-year-old, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but it's tough. I mean, it's tougher being a college student today than it was when I was there. There's mm-hmm. more on your shoulders because of the job market. Sure. And the uh, global economy. So it is a lot to ask, but it's not uh, undoable. It's certainly something. And I guess the most important thing is people should focus on that, right? They don't have to come up with the perfect plan. Right. But they need to be aware just not to sit back, run through the curriculum, pick the easy electives, get your degree, and think everything's going to be fine. Because with the current situation with you know major oversupply of labor globally and a slow growth economy, it won't be fine for most students. Mm-hmm which is why they really got to sit back and say, you know, what do I have to do? Yes, I have to get a credential, which is a degree, right. <laughs> but that's just one aspect. So that's on the kind of the academic side. Mm-hmm. Then you got to fill out your, your repertoire with experience too. I mean, you got to look at internships. You got to look at work experience. You got to look at things that signal to the market that I'm smart, I'm ambitious, I am going to contribute. <laughs> I can solve problems. I'm just not a test taker who can get A's in college. Sure. Because as most employers knows and know, you know, it's not that hard to get. I mean, over 40% of all grades given are A's. So if you come in with a 3.0, that's not going to impress anyone. Right, right. You went to Harvard, it may be impressive, (laughs) but, you know, at most schools, you know, a 3.0 is not going to get anyone's attention. You're going to have to really think about, you know, what are the other things? What projects can I do at school? What Hmm. What are my course selections? Am I signaling that I'm someone who just wants to take the easiest courses? Or I'm signaling that actually I'm up to the challenge. Right. And and get those internships. Or if you go to a school that has co-ops, you know, there's some co-op experiences are great at places like Northeastern and Drexel. I mean, really think about what's going to separate you. It's a tough world in the sense that X thousand graduates come out on the street every year. And about half of them are going to be underemployed. That is, they're going to be in jobs that really don't require a college education. Well, you don't want to be in that half, right? Mm, right. <laughs> you want to be in the half that lands you know, a good job. And by a good job, I mean one that pays well for your level of experience and one that's also personally satisfying and challenges you. Sounds like a great place for us to leave off. George, thanks again for coming on the show. We do appreciate it. Good talking to you, Tim. That will do it for us here on Classroom to Boardroom. Again, our guest was George Cornelius, the former president of Bridgewater College in Virginia, as well as CEO of Arkema, Inc. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our podcasts on LJN Radio, just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.